The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Insiders podcast, presented by Commerce Bank. And it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC Gig Powered Studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Insiders podcast brought to you by Commerce Bank. Four of us sitting in a small room in the WTC Gig Powered Studios. It's a glorious thing until it gets hot. Tim Fitzgerald publisher of GoPowerCat.com, Matt Walters of the K-State Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Two straight weeks. It's written down. I can't miss it. Ryan Black, sports editor of the Manhattan Mercury, who now has a sidekick and is actually covering things. Yeah. Happy nice. And sitting in with us this week is Ryan Gilbert of the 10 of 12 podcast. I did his show the other day. He's a K-State student. Ryan, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Appreciate absolutely. Kellis Robinette, it is another holiday. There are a lot of holidays in which <laughs> Kellis doesn't have yeah. child care. Yeah. Well, they go to school. That's yeah. child care. So Kellis is home being Mr. Dad. Again, Mr. Mom. just like the third or fourth time. It next day, there's I think snow the, days. I think it's the twelfth time. Twelfth time. Yeah, I've been. Keeping you got your rant ready? Uh, you know, yeah, I, I got one. You know that I read about before I got on the show today. So it's it's a very <laughs> big topic. I mean, it's an ongoing thing. You could always, but I, it's something that just obviously. Do you feel like uh, your ability to enjoy the opening of NASCAR mm-hmm. is a lot like covering Kansas State basketball? Unfulfilling. Wait, run that. I just want to make sure I'm run that question. Because by it, it got rained, delayed. I mean, there's nothing worse than having a race, and then you got to stop the cars and get out of the cars. It defeats the purpose of a race. Well, I would say it would be a lot more unfulfilling if you were actually there, and especially if you, for some reason, had to go to work today. You're like, wow, I just wasted those tickets. For me, you know, I just I just ended up focusing more on the on the golf yesterday. The Genesis Open. Mm-hmm. You're a man of many interests. Oh, today yeah. he's wearing the Honda hat. Signifying his love for Formula One. Hey, so our new our new guy uh, Tyler Kraft. He his previous place was interning at the Indy Star, and so he covered the Indy 500 last year. Nice. Did all kind of stuff and brought you I'm, that hat. No, I've had this hat. You haven't seen me wear it before. No. no. Oh, okay. Watch your tone. I get lost in your one. eyes. I don't notice what you wear. Well, I have like six different hats I wear, so I have like one a week and I, or a day. So I, I just so you play golf. 
I have not played in a long time. I, I took lessons when I was in middle okay. school and have never played regularly, unfortunately. But I would love to. I know what uh, Zach and, and Riley play a decent amount, right? Or at least when they can. Uh, Zach's pretty good. That doesn't surprise me. Riley's, I mean, he's very passionate about Riley, it. Seems Riley like. drinks. I play a fair uh, amount, but okay. Yeah, guys, uh, speaking of auto racing, I had a big weekend. I finally watched Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, yeah, I need to see that. And too. let me just say this. That is the worst Transformers movie I've ever seen. There was no transforming. I didn't understand it at all. Did you like the movie or not? Uh, yeah, it was good. It wasn't as good as I expected. Okay. It was a very good movie. It was worthy of an Oscar nomination, but people are like, it should win. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. Wasn't that good? I mean, I mean, are you guys big movie people? Have you seen like? Do you always make sure to see the Oscar nominees or? It got a little challenging once they expanded it out to as many movies as wow. they could want. <laughs> is Parasite as good as everyone says? I mean, I have like not it's cleaned seen it. up shop and everything. We're, we're going to watch that. Okay. I did see 1917. I want to see that. And it is literally one of the best movies I've ever seen. Mm. It is amazing. I mean, it was about World War One. What's the plot of it specifically? It's about World War One. Okay. Uh, it's basically uh, right before the Americans get into the war. The and, Yanks. And uh, a, a group of like 1,500 British soldiers are about to mount to it, an attack, and it's a trap. And ah. So headquarters finds out, but these guys are cut off, and so two soldiers have to cross enemy lines and go through kind of— Did he go through no man's land? No man's land oh, no. and all that uh, to go— and that's rough. Because the lines were cut. And it's based on a true story. Have you been over the World War One Museum? Yes. That's one of the best museums incredible. I've ever been to in my life. And it's amazing. One of the things about Kansas City people don't know. World War oh, it's, ma- it's amazing. You need to go there. And I want to go to the Negro League Museum again. Yes. That's awesome. 100th anniversary. Jazz Museum. Yep. This podcast is about K-State Sports. <laughs> about K-State Sports. Sorry, Rod. And we are sponsored by Commerce Bank. Whatever financial challenges come your way, Commerce Bank can help. Commerce Bank challenge accepted. Good job, guys. You killed five minutes without talking about K-State. Yeah, I mean, because really, right, what, how much more can we say about this basketball team? It's uh, like, man, it's the same story every game. Uh, Kellis did text that uh, K-State is not playing well. Discuss. <laughs> Thanks, Kellis, for that input. Yeah. Uh, K-State goes to Fort Worth on Saturday. Looked pretty good for one half of basketball. It's not like they looked bad in the second half. TCU looked really good. The Frogs win 68-57 and hit 15 three-pointers on 33 attempts. That's pretty good shooting. And they were shooting them from all over the place and winging them up. And, man, Desmond Bain was something else. He was 5 of 10 from 3, and he was not towing up to the line. He was he was chucking them in as he scored 17 points. Defense, again, kind of let K-State down as the Wildcats gave up 42 points in that second half. Bain almost had a triple-double. Bain was special. Yep. I've always liked him. I've always liked him as a guy that you want on your team. I've never seen him as the type of player he was on Saturday. The yeah. unstoppable force. Uh, the guy that could completely take over a game. And maybe he's done that, and I just don't observe the Frogs closely enough. He had eight rebounds, eight assists. He was special. We always discuss the plus-minus and how it doesn't really tell you the whole story, but he was plus 22 in a game decided by 11 and managed his fouls. He had three early in the second half and ended with three. Matt, let's start with you. Um, This team seems to be in a death spiral. 
It doesn't seem like they can get out of it and quite make enough plays to win a game. This is the third straight game against a team. They entered kind of on like footing. Iowa State, Oklahoma State, TCU, Mm -hmm. all winnable games, all three losses. Go to Tech on Wednesday. It just doesn't look pretty for what's left of the future of the season. Yeah, I mean, there's not really a lot left to say. You referenced the plus-minus chart. To be honest, I don't pay much attention to that. I think it's something over a season that means something. If you go back, though, and look at the last few games, K-State's typically had one, maybe two players on the right side of the plus-minus, and the opponent has had virtually everybody outside of one or two on the right side of the plus-minus. But it, we can make it real simple and say it is what it is. This is one of those seasons that you just you chalk up, you take some lumps, Again, I think K-State's probably going to take some next year, as young as they're still going to be. But um, the margin for error is really small. Guys have to make plays, and K-State didn't make enough of them and only hit two threes. I don't think it'll be as bad next year, though. I, mean, I think mm. I think they're just. just... I, didn't think, I don't. I didn't say. And I know you didn't say this. Yeah. I didn't say it's going to be as bad next year, but K-State's going to take some lumps because oh, sure. most of the dudes are going to be sophomores and freshmen. And you don't win at this level with freshmen. Well, I guess I just look at like just so many of the close games they've lost. Those are going to turn into wins. Like they they've just lost so many of the close games just, that they've been involved in. Just by the law of averages, they're going to win a few more of those. See, but I'm a believer in you don't win close games because you're not good enough to win close games. And the teams that do win close games are better, and they tend to just make those plays. And I think it's really about being players that they don't have enough guys that can make the big play, make the significant play. In fact, it's been the opposite. Big possession, I'm going to turn it over and lead to a run out. K-State's going to win a couple more of those games next year, Ryan, but I think you really see the difference two years from now when the guys are sophomores and juniors. I agree. Yeah. Will the fan base be patient? We'll get to that in a second. New Ryan, uh, is this worse than you ever imagined it would be this season? Yeah, I mean, you look at the beginning of the season, and this is what we – you know, we had this to hold on to. We have Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and TCU. You think you're going to win those games, and you don't. And you talk about next year. I think the leadership is really where they're struggling this year, and I don't think they have any for next year. I mean, if you're Dejuan or, or Antonio or Montavious, who are you going to look up to? I mean, yeah. Sneed's checked out. Cardi, we know what's going on with him. I think the leadership is just where they're going to struggle for the rest of the season and going on to the next year as well. Yeah, it's it's – Painfully obvious, and I think Dejuan wants to be a leader. But we talked about this about three weeks ago, Catfish. It looks like the freshmen have hit their wall. Uh, you've seen those three freshmen kind of go down in efficiency. Yeah. I, I know against Oklahoma State, Dejuan Gordon had some turnovers that were just really critical. I think they've hit their wall, and this season's probably been mentally exhausting without getting many rewards for all the hard work. And now physically, I think they're run out of gas. No, I, I think. I mean, you just hit on exactly what you would think. There definitely are those those freshmen, you know, whether they go to Duke or Kentucky or Kansas or wherever, that, that you know, they kind of they come in and people know they're going to probably be able to help carry a team. But, I mean, that, that was not what was expected of, of this group. I mean, I think we knew that Dejuan was going to play. We knew that Monte was going to play. I think most people had the questions about Antonio, just maybe how good is he considering the competition he went against in high school. But I think it's like it's just they've been asked to do so much more than you reasonably could expect most freshmen to do that they have hit a wall. And I think, you know, if nothing else, and we've talked about so much, it does set them up well for next year. But people don't really care about that now. They they want to know about the now. I mean, I they, 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 you know, I just think people are not patient. I mean, that's that, that's everything in society. I mean, that's why the transfer portal is so popular, yeah. and why one, the one of five minutes ago. Right. Yeah, 
Yeah, that would, yes, exactly. No, you can never have it quickly enough. I don't think they care at this point. I mean, I've been going up to the rec recently, and I've seen Xavier, I've seen Cardi, I've seen Antonio, and I've heard many other players are going just to the rec to play pickup here in the middle of this season. I mean, you go back to the last couple of it's years. Weird. They'll go, you know, once the season's over. That's fine, but they don't care. I mean, you're not only risking injury, but you could be in Bramlage, you could be in the ice center, whatever, working on your game, and they're playing pickup. I don't think they care at all. I mean, they want to win, but they don't want to do what it takes, you know, to win those games. You go down the, lo- the road to... To Lawrence, I don't think Bill Self's going to have his guys playing at the rec in the middle of the season. How okay? does it, I, I don't understand how a coaching staff tolerates that. Yeah, I mean, you want the guys to ease the wear and tear on their bodies and be able to manage it and be fresh for games. You don't want them. Does anyone ask them why they're there? No, I just play. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like why is it change fit? the scenery. Why? I mean, Matt was at Firehouse Subs for three hours today, and people didn't ask him why. Is it because they win there? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Exactly. I don't know. Exactly. I, if I had the keys to the ice facility, I'd be in there 24-7. That, that's my exactly. point. Is, and no disrespect to Ryan and the other students, but like, if I was a Division One basketball player on scholarship, I would not be hanging out with the plebes. There's a reason that we have like nice locker rooms Do and you know all of the plebe is. Uh, you me. That's what I am. Yes. Nice. So I'm just saying that I would, again, take every advantage that I could of, of like I said, being able to use the ice facility and just go or Bramlage and go in there as much as I can. Because, like, I just – I don't know. that That's – I just – I've never heard of that. I mean, I guess I can understand during the off season maybe. Yeah. They, but, like, doing it in the middle of the season and you're saying they're doing that regularly, that just is – That's trouble. That's odd to me. That's very odd. See, we had them on for a reason. Here we go. Yeah. Tell them what a plebe is, Catfish. Well, just basically just a commoner. Okay. So that's my new yeah, nickname. Well, I mean, I'm like if you're a rookie that. at yeah. – the uh, army, okay. you're a plebe. Okay. It's like a freshman. Okay. Right. Well, it's also, I'm a rookie on the show. It's yeah. also uh, like a pledge in a fraternity. <laughs> Correct, yeah. A pledge pin. Guys, I don't even know what to say about this team at this point. I, it is – I felt like I'm having that nightmare where everything repeats. It's a little bit different, but it, and then you wake up before they win. Groundhog Day. It's, it's Groundhog Day. Bruce is right. Bruce has been right the whole time. It's Groundhog Day. Uh, and well, that, that's the thing that I'm getting at, too. It's like even having to write these game stories. It's literally, okay, and that's how I started my mind the other day. They got down at the first timeout, 9-2. They made this comeback to, to take the lead at halftime, and then they just didn't make enough plays. And they, they even were leading 50-48 to 48 with eight minutes to go, and then, uh, you know, there in a few minutes, TCU goes on a 15-1 run. It's like every every game, for the most part, they've lost, it seems like, has followed very much the same format. I mean, again, the KU stuff and all that was overshadowed right. by the by the brawl, and maybe the uh, they, they trailed against Bradley the whole time and never really got close. And I feel like it was, oh, and then Texas Tech kind of kind of decisive. But, like, every other game has been they get behind, they make this great rally, they get into it. And I think, Matt, you were the one who brought this up last week. I think when you have to put that much energy into just getting back to even – that does not help because I think it's like you, run you, just don't, you just don't have enough. Yeah, you run out of gas. You got to put that much effort just to get back into the game that you don't have enough to actually then put you over the top. You were there, right? Saturday? Oh, no. I was sitting over across okay. the street. That's I watched cool. it on TV. Is this starting lineup right? I thought they shuffled their starting lineup, but this looks like the same starting lineup he's used in the past. I don't know. What I do know is that. What looks different to you? I, I thought Cardi was in it. I'm not sure. Anyhow. What I he found was, it, he was in it at Iowa State last yeah. weekend. Yeah, yeah, he was in it for like three straight games. 
During that run at the end of the first half, I have long advocated for using David Sloan at the point and Cardi at the two. And it happens once in a while. They'll be out there together. But this was like for the first prolonged period of time, they put those two on the court together. And, guys, it worked. That's when they looked their best. They looked like a real basketball team for, I don't know, about 10 minutes of that second half. They were down almost double digits at one point in that second half or in the first half. And they made a really strong push and took the lead 27-26 at halftime. They got out and ran. They pushed the ball. It looked like Cardi was relaxed. He was joking with an official. Mm -hmm. First, we need to say this. Ever since being called out by Fran Fraschilla, Cardi Jada is a different guy. He's, yeah. he's more what we thought he would be in terms of his personality on the court, not pouting, not – it's like, oh, people noticed. i got to stop this and get back to what I wanted. It hasn't really made a difference for the team, but that was one of their better stretches. Into the, the first half, they got out and really scored and defended. A lot of it came off defense. And then Cardi got hurt in the second half. He got banged up, and he only came in late, and he didn't wasn't able to offer much. and. I think it's time Bruce puts those two in the starting lineup together. I know he wants to give Dejuan starts. I know he wants the young guy to get experience. But right now, this team needs to win, and I think those two should be on the court together. Thoughts? No thoughts. Should have been no. Should have said it a long time ago. It should have been that way. I wish it would have happened that way back in mid-November. I don't understand why he's been reluctant to do that. It's like he's been determined to force Cardi into the point guard role almost full-time, and the guy just doesn't get the job. I mean, he, he's got talents that are good for the job, but doesn't have the mentality of it. He doesn't, he's not a basketball player by birth. I mean, he just doesn't understand the, the, the nuances of being a point guard. Well, I, I just thought we always heard the reason he didn't do it earlier was because he was always just so, meaning why, you know, Bruce didn't put Sloan in, in the lineup early. It was the defense. It was the defense, yeah. Right. And, and that's just, true. You know. They just thought he would. But you get better at that. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. The best way to get better at that is to go on the court and get embarrassed in front of a crowd. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get yelled at in practice, but go on the court and get embarrassed. And then you see it in video. You see it on tape the next day, that night for the matter of fact, when you get on the plane or the bus or whatever. But you're going to get better at that. Uh, personally, I think this team would be further along had that happened three months ago. Mm-hmm. I think if you have, if you just Sloan, you're the point for better or worse. Now, again, granted, maybe there's a game or two, which has been the case where he hasn't started a point, but there's a point where you throw him out there, see what happens, and go. Captain Obvious is about to say something. Yes. Not one of Bruce Weber's better coaching jobs. It's easy to second guess him this season. It just is. I, I don't think he's handled the mentality of this team well, I don't think he's managed the lineups well. And certainly, I, as I've said over and over, I don't think he recruited properly over a three-year span before this class. Were you there for the post game the other day where he snapped at D. Scott? What did you think of that? Or have you at least seen the yeah, video? Yeah, uh, we put it into our podcast where yeah. he, didn't, he said he was taken out of context, and we played the quote, and he was, it was perfect context. I think he just misremembered what he said, maybe. Or either that or he's just, he was completely trying to uh, be in denial about what he said. I don't know. This is... Bluntly put, this is what he did last time he lost a team. Last time he was struggling. He started snapping at the media. And now I'm recognizing it as not that he's, maybe not that he's really mad at the media. I think he's He's offering his team 
someone to be mad at. What was the question? Uh, so it was after they lost Oklahoma State, and D. Scott started the question by saying, you know, on Monday you said you were going to start coaching them hard. And I'm kind of paraphrasing. But like basically he was implying right. that he was going to start coaching them harder. And then Bruce kind of cut him off, and that's when he said, well, you know, I, I said I was going to continue coaching them but harder. You didn't. He flat out said, I'm going to start coaching uh, them harder. Yeah, that's what the he said. The whole context right. of the quote was, I've, I've literally kissed guys yeah, yeah, with the Molly Coddling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. And he said, I'm going to start coaching them harder. That's what he said. And yeah. I don't care if they don't like it. That's the only way I know how to coach. My suspicion is he did that and it didn't work. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm really happy that the KU game is late in the season, Ryan, because, uh, plebe, that I, because I think the students <laughs> would be gone. Yeah. If, the, if the KU game was in the rearview mirror and it, it wasn't coming up on the 29th, the students wouldn't be going to any games right now. And it's hard to blame them. There's, yeah. well, I, I don't mean, know if it's going to get any better, but we'll see. Yeah. I, I mean, KU will probably come in here and have a good old time and throw a chair. You know, the game was supposed to be on fake Patty's Day, and then they moved it. Yeah. Because it would be a home game for KU because everyone already comes in anyway from Lawrence. Hmm. Yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> there should be no basketball wanna, games on fake So Day's I want to backtrack to something you just said. In terms of handling the team, what should he slash they throwing in the assistance as well? Well, that's what, a big what part would, of it. What would you say should have been done differently? You know, and it's hard to identify that, but obviously the locker room wasn't where it needed to be. The locker room, its leadership and... Now, I remember him saying that the young guys, Dejuan in particular, are trying to lead and the older guys are pushing back. Uh, that can't happen. I mean, if you're not going to lead, this guy's going to lead. The, the thing is, he's got himself in a situation here because the roster is so thin, he can't say, look, you got a crappy attitude. I don't care if you're my best player. You're going to go sit on the bench for this game, and this guy's going to play. And I talked about this on Ryan's podcast. You need... He failed in, in recruiting in a number of ways, but I think not having a walk-on guard that can come in and supplement the lineup has really hurt him this season. You don't have that kid that you can say, okay, go in there, don't shoot, manage the team, dribble, don't turn it over, just be really conservative and, and get us through the stretch. Because he's still got to play guys. Guys can be bad leaders, crappy attitude, and get 20-plus minutes on Saturday. So I think you went you went back to the answer. I think the answer is recruiting, right? And, and when we talk about Sloan and Cartier being on the floor at the same time, whatever the case, again, that should have happened months ago. You have to have a point guard that is step for step with your head coach. Your head coach and your point guard had best be on the same page. Right. That has not happened this year. So just just go around the league. For a quick second, go down the road to Lawrence. Is that head coach and that point guard on the same page? He kind of gets that. Before yeah. he got hurt, were mm-hmm. Halliburton and Prome on the same page? Yeah. Now, granted, they weren't. You know, they haven't won twenty games. They're missing a lot in other places. I mean, they lost plenty of dudes. Well, but he got injured, and they just right. blew someone out. Right. So Texas Tech, a point guard and the head coach on the same page. I don't know about Multiple West Virginia. guards at Baylor. Yeah. Baylor's got a bunch of dudes. And Baylor's dudes are older. Yeah. Baylor doesn't, Baylor's not running freshmen out there. You're doesn't matter. You can talk about the KCAC. You can talk about the MIAA. You can talk about the Big 12. One in with freshmen doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. No. It doesn't matter what the high school. You're not going to win with freshmen. It doesn't matter. 
Oh, you look at a team like Kentucky when they bring in all the one and dones. What happens? They they win some games, but they don't win the games. They don't win the games, right? Typically, I mean, well, they do always get better as the season goes on. That's the one thing they mm-hmm. have been able to do every time, except for the year after they won the national championship and they went to the NIT and lost in the first round to <laughs> Lehigh. Le- no, not Lehigh. Who uh, is a Pittsburgh school? The small Pittsburgh school, Monmouth. Who was it they lost in the first round of the NIT? I'm Boston. No. No, no. No, no. It was, I it, I talking about to, Kentucky? Kentucky. Yeah, the year after they won the national Oh, they got beat by Boston in the NIT. Sorry. That was the game I was going to. Oh, uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I. Uh, but, but, but Bruce Weber's teams have gotten better over the yeah. season, typically, and this Usually. team is regressing. You, who owns the locker room? Fill in the, you can't fill yeah, in no. the blank. No. It's just the way it is. The Ice family. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Whoever wants to that day, some college yeah. leader. Yeah, it's a mess. And again, I, you know, this has been an ongoing thing with Bruce Weber teams. The locker room gets out of alignment. He needs the locker room to take care of the locker room. He needs Rodney Magruder or Barry Brown or you know the guys, the alphas that he had at Illinois. He needs those guys to take care of the locker room. And I think he expected X or Cardi to step up and do that, and that's not their personality. Maybe Cardi more, but as we've said over and over, he kind of went off the rail and played me ball for too often, and that's no way to lead. Believe me. I not know. if you're not winning. No. As the guy who keeps talking on this podcast. This sounds funny, but the, coach, the head coach is having to do too much. Mm-hmm. No, you're exactly right. You shouldn't have to. you got to have players take care of player stuff. Now, I think you can do things to, to help your locker room as a coach, but at the end of the day, the players have to take care of it, and you have to make that very clear. You have to lead the leaders to, you know, if you're the general, you got to get the field commanders ready to go, and I don't think they were ready, nor did they step up. It's ironic you bring that up just because, of course, looking at what Matt's wearing, that's what I've heard Pete Hughes say routinely. But, like, you know, I can only coach guys so much, but, you know, I've got to have – the guys lead themselves at some point because, like I said, I'm not out there playing. I mean, the guys have got to take the ball and run with it. So, I just, like, it just made me think of that because of you wearing K-State baseball uh, pullover there. It looks good, too. And we'll I talk about it. every day, dude. Come I on. know. I know. Your middle Thanks. name's yummy. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to K-State baseball, women's basketball. Catfish has his rant. Probably wants to talk about some NASCAR. Do we need to turn the TV on? Are they doing the, the, the preview of the restart the- right now? Like... I don't know. I mean, it's supposed to, I guess, be green flag, and like, as of us recording this Monday afternoon, in a little less than two hours. But oh, okay, so we don't need to turn the TV on. No, but I'm, thankfully, when they've I'm already started you. the race, they don't have to re-go through all of the national anthem and all. Like, they'll just get on the track and go. No more flyovers. Yeah, no, no. Darn, the red flag just went up. <laughs> Man, it never rains in this studio, so we'll be back after this. Stay locked in the Powercat Podcast. We'll be right back. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. It's all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, Brady PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. 
Hip-hop takes the stand in the new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Rap lyrics are playing an increasingly prominent role in criminal cases. Every song, every lyric, every video that you've ever been involved with, they're going to use against you. Follow rap artist Kemba as he explores the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system. This artistic expression is a confession. I'm ready. Roll the tape. Watch the eye-opening new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Insiders podcast. Matt, Fitz, and two Ryans. That's what we got today. No Kellis. Kellis uh, thinks his children are more important than us. Hmm. I don't know why. I, I need supervision. Are you done railing on him? I need supervision. I know that. And we are sponsored by... Commerce Bank. Life is full of moments big and small. Commerce Bank has the technology and the people to help with whatever financial challenges come your way. Commerce Bank, challenge accepted. It feels like baseball weather outside as we tape this. It's supposed to be 60 degrees in MHK on Monday. What the heck is going on? But it was cold this weekend, and the baseball team wisely, once again, went south to open the season. Matt, they won one out of three. Um, right? Well, well, game force today. Game force tonight right. With, right. The, with the Alphabet School. Yeah. Um, Rio Grande Valley. Yeah, Texas Rio Grande Valley. And um, on Sunday, Jordan Wicks was phenomenal. Locked up the Vaqueros. K-State Great name. got shut down, got one hit in the opener, and it was a ninth inning hit um, from Caleb Littlejim. And then there was a little controversy in Saturday's loss. Uh, Pete Hughes steered away from that, understandably so. Last year against UTRGV was the series in which there was a triple play that got ruled against Kansas State that never should have happened. But uh, tonight they go for the split, and then Tuesday, Wednesday off, and then four games in Corpus Christi next weekend against um, Corpus Christi and Mizzou and Utah. An eight-game, ten-day road trip. I had Pete Hughes in our studios for a power chat. Loved him. He actually liked you. I was surprised he said that. I know. I'm kind of surprised. I've been wanting to quote tweet and say, like, that he stole one of D. Scott's hats before he walked on set. Yeah. Like, I could not stop looking at his hat. He thought it was uh, an audio interview and not video, (laughs) and so he looked like a cabbie from Boston. (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, No, I enjoyed him a lot. Um, Or uh, or a newsboy from the 20s, and he's out there hawking papers. Extra, extra. Big news. There you go. Yeah, he's great. I ask him this question, should baseball be backed up and be a summer sport? And, of course, he's an old-school baseball guy. He loves those <laughs> summer leagues. You know, he talked about the uh, whatever, what, what, Cape, Cape Cod. Cape, Cape Cod. Cod. <laughs> Come on, man. I know it's tradition, but ba- college baseball should be backed up two months and take off, you know, kind of take place. Late in basketball season because basketball should be back. You just want to move every season. (laughs) Can you imagine having football in the fall, have basketball tip off after football, have May Madness, and in there baseball starts up with the non-conference stuff, and then boom, in the summer, you're playing conference baseball at home. Give us a lot of content here in the summer, that's for sure. It's all about us. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's what people want. Plea, Brian, do, does this student body really care about baseball? Uh, no. They will. If if they got good, would this be something culturally people would roll out mm-hmm. there for? If they got good, yeah. I know they were good 2013, but 
I, I don't personally care much. So yeah. What, what you guys are talking about right now, I've, I've got no idea what's going on. Okay. Well, that's good. I spend my life doing that. Um, that's the thing is, you know, I, I've told all the coaches this. We don't lead the crowd. We follow the crowd. And once they get good and crowds show up and there's genuine interest from fans to read about baseball, heck, yeah, yeah we will be there yeah. all the time. You're the local newspaper. Yeah. Yep. 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 You, you kind of got to be there. It's a responsibility, right. you know, being the local paper of record. So. But, boy, you talk about a coach who, you know, he struggled at Oklahoma, and that really seems to be he just wasn't a fit there. you got to be in the right place. And I feel like, Matt, I want your thoughts on this, that this coach is at the right place at the right time. I feel like something's mm-hmm. good is going to happen. I will – I don't know if I would use the word struggled. Um, yeah, struggle, I feel like At, at Oklahoma, I think it's a little much. Well, I'll, I'll say this. I did the math. Brad Hill had a better record at K-State during that stretch than Pete Hughes at at Oklahoma. He, I thought that was interesting. What he was able to recruit to Oklahoma was really good. Um, but, yeah, he's the he's the right fit here and now. And kids love him. Um, the recruiting has changed drastically in the last year and a half to two years and that's just going to continue to happen and now they have a tremendous facility so you know they've got everything in place to go in baseball games now he's hard not to like if you're around him he just got a good because i think a lot of people i remember someone like tweeting at kurtz after this video he took like oh he looks really intimidating i guess he kind of does look intimidating but he's really nice no when you talk to him very outgoing guy and the other thing i i feel like i've noticed about him is he He's not arrogant, but you can tell he's got like a quiet confidence about what he's done and what he thinks he's going to be able to do here. He knows he has a system that will. Mm-hmm. He's proven that at other places. Look at what he did at Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. In 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 a in a great baseball league. Unfortunately, the best stuff in my interview with Pete Hughes was when the camera wasn't rolling. Ah, he was a little guarded when the camera's rolling, and so am I. A little bit. That's always when it is. It's just like on the air when mm-hmm. the best parts are yep. during and, the commercial uh, breaks. I did like him an awful lot. I plan on going out. Really, I want to see the facility. Matt, on a scale of 1 to 10, the new facility is? You've seen a lot of baseball facilities. You've traveled. Well, for K-State. It's a 10. It's a 1,907. That's pretty high. I mean, <laughs> when I started, scale of one to 10, that's there was really a treehouse. We called it the treehouse. Right. The press box was a three-room treehouse. There was gravel underneath fiberglass bleachers that left splinters in your derriere. It's night and day. Around the Big 12, it's it's not the biggest, but it's no. easily one of the nicest. Mm. And, again, you, you take into consideration that Oklahoma State is dropping $75 million on their baseball stadium. That puts it in perspective. K-State spending 15 combined on the soccer and baseball facilities. Is it fiscally responsible to spend seventy five no. million on a baseball facility? No, that's just weird. The most, not, yeah, not unless it's a it's a you know retract, most, retractable roof. Yeah, the most the, recent ones are Oklahoma State and Mississippi State, both dropping about that amount of money on their baseball facility. <clears throat> but those schools, especially like a Mississippi, Mississippi State, State, they're going to host a lot of games oh, because yeah. they're in the South. Plus, just people are. Yeah, super crazy. passionate about that's probably the number two sport in Mississippi State behind football. People are crazy about baseball there. If LSU they, and Arkansas the same way. Going back to South Carolina, Ryan too yeah, here. South Carolina, yes. Dweeb Ryan, plebe, not Plebe. Dweeb. Okay. plebe. We can go with Dweeb. <laughs> if K State wins, the freshmen they'll all show up. I, I didn't but know there was that kind of passion for baseball at Oklahoma State. Do we get free tickets as a student. I'm not sure how that works. I think with your ID you do. Okay, I'll be there. 
they win. I have to check that. Don't quote me, but what did you just? I, say? I, just, I didn't know. Is there that kind of passion mm-hmm. for baseball at Oklahoma State? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. Gosh, okay. I, I mean, I knew they they're big on wrestling. Back in the day know. of the Big Eight, they were wow the school. They had the Taj Mahal of a stadium. <laughs> Which Man, turned into the dump of the Big 12, and now they're going to have the Taj Mahal again. Wow. I, I just figured it was Texas because of all the history they had. With I said B. Big 8. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. In yeah. the Big 12, yeah, you had the Texas schools. I mean, Texas has a mansion. Texas A&M built a mansion from what it had. So yeah. Texas Tech's got a, a nice tin can. I love Baylor's facility. Spectacular. Hmm. It's getting, but K State's Fitzy is it's legit. My thing about baseball at Kansas State is, if you're gonna be this far north and have the sport, do it, or don't do it. You know, one or the other. Don't have a crappy stadium and just kind of mail it in. Do it right. Invest in the program and do it if you're gonna do it. If not, go add men's soccer. Do something else. Or swimming. I mean they've got the natatorium. Which is gonna go away. Swimming. Well, I mean, I just understand, but you, you know Nebraska did that, Iowa State didn't do that and got rid of the program. Right. Colorado got rid of it years and years and years ago. Wrestling is another sport I've heard K State. It's hard to hit a baseball when you're high. They never will. Science. <laughs> See, because I mean I'm biased that just being from the South and the sports that I've always seen. I, I would want them to add if it was any sport, it would be softball. Yeah, personally, and there was softball at happen. Kansas State. Right. No, I, I, and it was dropped in the eighties. Uh, um, and the, men's tennis, right? The area that is Cat Town at the stadium mm-hmm. now—that was the softball. Got gotcha. hmm. Wow! So they just dropped it because of lack of interest. Yeah. Wow. Well, hmm. that was when they stripped down. They dropped men's tennis, women's, men's softball, tennis. Okay. and got to the bare minimum of sports hmm. you need right. to offer. And now K State, I believe, is one over with the addition of women's soccer. Interesting. No? Yeah. No. They've replaced the question. They're at the bare minimum. in the right spot. So huh. it's interesting. I don't know. I, I hope to make it out to baseball a little bit. I live half mile from the stadium so I can hear them. Catfish will pick you up. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. I'd need to ride home, though, right after the game. Right right after the I'm game. So I'm going to Uber now? Yeah, you're going to Uber me. I'll, 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 make, I'll make the plate pick me up. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what you hey, meant. Hey, could you what? get me a student ID? Did sure. you, can you find a student that looks like me? You look like no. a 20. Times six. Oh, he knows how to kiss butt. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I mean, we got you got the twenties generation, the thirties generations, the forties generation, the fifties generation in one podcast, wow. folks. This is everything you want. This Did you point at me for the forties? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going with that, buddy. Fifty-five and thirty-two. That's what, what? Are those two numbers equal. What are they equal? Eighty-seven. Peyton Williams and Aoka Lee, Sunday at Oklahoma. 55 points, 32 rebounds. That seems pretty good. That's a good win. K-State's women will not win the Big 12 this year, but Peyton Williams should be player of the year. This is a big topic on our message boards. What is a realistic expectation for women's basketball at Kansas State? We have a guy on our message board that wants Jeff Mitty fired. In favor over, of who? Does he have over, someone? Over, no, it's just, that's uh, things like if you want to have someone fired, that's fine. But who do you think realistically they would get? If you got, if you go to your tool shed and you got an axe that isn't very sharp, bring it over to him. He'll he'll grind it for you, because man, he's on this topic. They're they're okay. And the, and the question is, what is realistic for Kansas State? No, the question is why. Why does he want to fire? Yeah. He doesn't. He thinks there's too many off the court problems. He thinks they don't win enough. The attendance isn't enough. He's not worth what you're paying. Okay, too many like off the court problems. 
I mean, Mary Lakes, I mean, that was just a train wreck disaster. And then I, I literally got here, like, the day I started was when they, they kicked off, what was her name? Eternity Willard. Etern- yes, yeah, the first day I started here, we got that release about her being dismissed. But then outside of that, and I can't go into another situation, which involved another former women's player, which was not even her fault. No. Uh I don't know what off-court issues this guy would be referring. I mean, like it'd be one thing if you were to like half the team's been in trouble, but like nope. that's three different instances. One of which you can't one really. Of, even... One of the re without reading what this gentleman has to offer. One of the reasons he's bringing that up is because K State has missed on a number of Kansas recruits. You got it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's that's he's, maybe a little more. Missed on Taylor Robertson. Yep. It appears that they are missing on Emily Ryan, who's going to go to Iowa State. Iowa State. Yeah. That's a that is a big in-state loss for sure. And there have been a few. But this state has a lot of female basketball players. Mm -hmm. It is kind of like a mini Indiana of women's girls basketball. Whatever reason. And and it's probably the culture that was built by the Kendall Wrecker, Nicole Oldie generation that has manifested itself. Do you know who those people are? Nope. No clue. I, I love it. This no is clue. this has added so much to the show. <laughs> this is awesome. I, you get this whole other perspective. Wait, meaning you just never even heard of them? What were the names? Kendra Wecker. Kendra Wecker. Nicole nope. Oldie. Lori Kane. Like the, they're literally the hanging in the rafters. Like you've just never looked oh, around Bramlage and just seen names. Maybe they're on one of my cups, like a souvenir cup I have or something like that. And that's good. Oh, my Maybe. goodness. They're in the rafters. K-State was uh, never got past the Sweet 16, but won some conference titles and so, filled up Bramlage. So I'm sorry because I threw it off. But circling back, yeah. what's realistic? You were about to answer. Yeah. What do you want me to go first? I will let you go first. They can, and I'll just relate it to my past. They can be okay. Let's let's put it out there first. Uh, th- I mean, they're, they're not going to be better than Baylor. I mean, Baylor is just kind of like this. Well, he thinks so. 800 pound gorilla in the room, and until Kim Mulkey retires, he or thinks leaves, if you're not winning championships, you should be fired. So well, then he needs to start realistic? cheering for another team. Yeah. So, so, realistic? so realistic is like I'm going to make this comparison. They can be Georgia to the Tennessee when Pat Summit was there because Andy Landers routinely could be the second or third best team in the conference with Georgia's women's team. They could never beat Tennessee, and if they did, it was always a massive upset. And they routinely would get to the Sweet 16 or so, and they would get blown out by one seed who was playing very close to home or actually hosting it. And so, and that means still 20 to 25 wins every single season, and then maybe when everything comes together, you might get. 30 30 wins and potentially get to an Elite Eight or a Final Four, but to routinely – and then maybe, again, if, if something falls right too, maybe you can win a conference title once every five years. But I, I just – everything would have to align perfectly in that regard. Like Baylor would have to have a down a down year. And uh, that's just my opinion. So I, I just feel like it, the, right now the Big 12 is completely wide open after Baylor. Like I just don't think right now – This year that's right. But, but I just mean in, in general, I don't at least recently, I don't think there's been a number two – decidedly number two team – it just in terms of over a period of time in the last decade, really. Oklahoma's flirted with it. Texas flirted o- with it. Oklahoma was there. They're not right now. They're not. Yeah. Iowa State's been there. They're not. The team that's the biggest disappointment this year is West Virginia. West Virginia. Yeah. Ask me because they have Tiny Smarten back. Uh, to me, what's realistic for Kansas State is to be in the top three or top four virtually every year. Yeah, that's well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you you go back to those days of what Kirk Kane, mm-hmm. what K State missed was a point guard. Mm-hmm. If K State would have had a point guard, those teams would have moved further than the Sweet Sixteen. They would have been in right. an Elite Eight, maybe a Final Four, but they never had a point guard. They could. They had players that could shoot. 
shoot the lights out. They could hit shots once they got off yep. the bus. They were dominant inside. They had the best athletes, but they didn't have a point guard. So I think Kansas State can can get there. It takes time. Jeff Mitty operates totally different um, than Deb Patterson. So the culture, um, I don't want culture is maybe not the right word to use. It's just the program is different than it was back then. Well, I don't think some of the old timers that remember how good basketball was, and Bramlage was sold out often, not sold out, filled, filled, eight thousand. I mean, there was students were getting in free, filled. Does that happen at Baylor? They have they have good crowds. Oh, I can't I can imagine. I can't confirm the student section, but they have full houses. Um, they don't show up for men's basketball. It's kind of odd. But it was Baylor Texas the women's game. It was rocking. It was like it was a men's game in Ferrell Center. Nice. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're that good, you should get big uh-huh. crowds in any sport. I mean, whatever sport. K State soccer takes off. I hope they have seating issues there. <laughs> so I, I think they're on course. I, he asked me if the, his contract should have been extended, and I'm like, well, he shouldn't have been fired, so I guess you extend the contract. But he thinks he should be fired. Well, he's made the postseason every year he's been here. I mean, I know, and, and co- I of course, you have to say postseason, meaning they did it at WNIT, but still. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm, this is the thing about the non-revenue sports. They all produce revenue, but they're a loss on the, on the financials. Financials. I mean, it's rare to have the third sport that that makes money. It really is. And you just try to manage that where you're not awful. I'm sorry. That's the reality of it. Football and men's basketball are treated differently because they run your budget, particularly football. Oh, yeah. Or men's basketball at Kansas. It, it, it runs your budget. You have to have different expectations. And the other sports, don't embarrass us. Don't be awful. Be competitive, strive to win a Big 12 title. But, you know, you, I'm sorry. It's a reality of, of these sports. You, look, I think baseball, as an example, until the NCAA is serious about it, and 11.7 scholarships, mm-hmm. why that number? It's just always been that way. It should be 15. Now, the root effect of that is you might get a greater concentration of talent at the programs with the great facilities and the great weather and could that's what happens in women's basketball. They're still at 15 scholarships, right? Softballs. Oh, I'm going to softball because softball and baseball are scholarship practically the same. Mm -hmm. And softball's roster is not nearly as big as baseball's. Yeah. I mean, that's been my thing about women's basketball is at 15 and men are at 13 in the name of equality. Um, Here's what I'll say, Fitzy. But those teams like UConn and Baylor get two more players that get to sit on their bench instead of be at a K-State or whatever program you want to list. And that trickle down would be great for women's basketball. In my time here in Manhattan and involved with K-State, I can think of two, maybe three baseball players that had a full ride. That's it. Hmm. No, you can't. You Not can't. 11.7. I want to put this in context real quick because it's the first time it's ever happened to me. Kim Mulkey sent me a letter <laughs> really? after I went to the game where they came here and I wrote a, a long column just about how amazing they've been since she's been there, especially the last decade. She, she actually, you know, on their official letterhead, just said, you know, Ryan, thank you for doing such a detailed column, and, you know, we, we appreciate you coming out and covering women's basketball. So 
It's like my version of getting a Coach Snyder thing because I've never got a Coach Snyder letter. <laughs> so, just thought that was interesting. I appreciate it. I yeah, was not expecting it. You never got it. a Coach Snyder letter? I have not gotten Sorry one. Sorry about that. No. It sucks. Matt, you got them before, haven't you? I'm sure yes. D. Scott's had some, yeah, I would think. Maybe course. you too. Yeah. I think we need to get to the rant. I know. We're that point. Well, it's funny because it actually leads into what we're saying. Is so kinda, a great segue. Well, it is that it, it is about the Mel Tucker situation, right? And so it. Now, let's give the background here. Yeah, Wait Mel Tucker. Yeah, do you uh, know who Mel Tucker yes, is? I do. Okay. I do. So, again, Colorado's now we, coach going to Michigan State. Yeah. And so I just read, you know, not long before we got on air today, just this long piece. Maybe you guys have seen it from Sports Illustrated about like his final his final thing at Colorado before he, he was announced to Michigan State. And it was like the, he, was, he was at a booster club meeting in Denver. That night, the night before it was announced, and they just said that he was there and, of course, said all the right things about, oh, how committed I am to this program and et cetera, et cetera. And at least by the timeline the article lays out is that while he was saying all this stuff, his agent was finalizing the Michigan State job, like in the money and in the contract. And my thing is, like, I, I just I just I hate this because, you know, I just wish coaches would be honest, you know, like why – well, I mean, I know it maybe would cause like an uproar. It's just like he could have canceled on the event, just something so it just didn't look quite as bad. And the thing that makes it look doubly worse for him. It's Colorado. Well, is is that. <laughs> Sorry, it's Colorado. Well, but hold on. Let me just finish. So it's like, you know, what's doubly worse is that, you know, he's the guy, you know, and he just popped up a lot after he left. But the whole there's no transfer portal in real life. And you know, and I understand again. These coach, the coaches are under a different deal than the players in terms of the scholarships and maybe them getting locked into things. But just, just be candid. You know, just say I'm in it for the money. Just, just say it. Don't, don't say any of this crap about character and building men. Just say I want a bigger bank account. Just so just you back know, up the Brinks truck to my house as I'm saying this. Just so you know what I meant by when I. Oh said, yeah, no, I want to know when I said it's Colorado. That should not surprise you. That stuff has happened many times at Colorado. You mean specifically with football? Just with their sports. They don't have a – that's not a sports school. People, you know – Well, it, don't get me wrong, guys. I would just say, I mean, hey, I mean, he's getting paid twice as much, and he has twice as big of an assistant coaching right. pool. So I, you can't blame him there, but it's just I agree. more about the way that he handled it. That's I all. get. I get the – conflict that a coach would have. He's going to a speaking engagement as Colorado's head coach, and when he arrives there, he's not for certain that is that he's going to get the number through his agent that he wants. So he's still functioning as a head coach. And then he probably walked out and checked his messages and said, hey, you're the head coach at Michigan State. Pretty much. Yeah, I think and I know eight. it sucks. Yeah. I And I, I do agree. I, I owe it to my family to, to listen to what they have to say. I thought Matt Rule handled his situation pretty well. He was always honest with his players. The NFL's coming to talk to me. I love the NFL. I need to hear it. And his players are like, okay, coach. You know, the bigger problem here is that the Pac-12 is falling apart. They, they oh, sim- yeah, they're so far behind the they, other four they conferences. They simply cannot match the kind of money another conference would match. They, they had no opportunity to even get in the neighborhood of Michigan State. And that conference is doomed, and I, I wish there was proactive leadership in this conference to start rating that conference when the time comes. Getting getting the two, two Arizona, Arizona schools, schools, I think USC's in play. Um, they have dreams of being independent, which is a stupid dream. Oh. Stupid dream. You can't do it. Look, at Notre Dame's now lagging well behind in financials. They're just doing it because we're Notre Dame. <laughs> but Notre Dame, I mean, even as great a history as USC has, they don't have – 
Like Notre Dame is still a national brand just because of all the Newt Rockney and just everything else throughout the years. I mean, Notre Dame and heck, you know, BYU's independent still. I mean, so there are a handful of schools. And of course, they just have the backing of, you know, the Mormons just nationally. But I just don't think there are many schools that actually could be a national independent. And and they signed a new TV deal with ESPN that coincides with the Big 12 deal. I thought that was interesting. Well, you know, in, in this column that, that Pat Forty wrote uh, right when – because in this story from Sports Illustrated, because that's where he is now, came out last night or the night before. But this other story that he wrote about the day when uh, Tucker was hired basically was making this point, and maybe you guys have seen it elsewhere and read it, but like that now the Power Five is kind of becoming the Power Two because of just how much money the Big Ten and SEC get from TV deals. Like per year from yeah, the annual but payout. People always make the mistake of looking at the overall number yeah, for a fourteen I, team conference. Yeah, they I understand. Do you're right. Because they do. They do have big. They have more pieces of the pie. They got to slice. Right. You got to. You got to do some That's division true. here, folks. You're, you're right. That's which is point. why the Big Twelve won't, unless they get a bigger piece of pie. But Arizona, Arizona State, USC would bring that. And no, anyone who thinks that Colorado should not be invited back to the Big Twelve. That's a horrible school, man. But you do or you don't want them no, back to the Big 12? No, no. They never, would, they never yeah. have cared about sports. They're perfect in the Pac-12. Stanford, when we were out there, they didn't care. It was a football game. What about Nebraska? I would take Nebraska They regret back. it. I'd take them back. They, they regret it. They'll never admit it because they're too proud. Yeah, no, they, I, I they, heard they, for they both. They screwed up their athletic department by going. Why? Well, I heard both them and Mizzou were both trying to say that, oh, we want to leave for the Big Ten because there's more of this, like, uh, image of, like, those being academic. academic. Yeah, exactly. Right. Academia. It's like, yeah, exactly. And then That's they, exactly what it is. Then they lost their. their the right. AAU accreditation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever that is. Well, yeah, nice job, Plebe. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Way yeah. to go. Well, but, you know, the backstory of that is the Texas president was. The one who pulled the string on that. <laughs> My go. last thought on Mel Tucker, just because people – I never covered him at Georgia, but I know people there who would tell you that he can recruit, and he can recruit. Uh, outside exactly of that, um, he went 5-7 and seven at Colorado with a quarterback who set every offensive record they've ever had, and he has a guy who's going to be a first-round pick wide receiver, and they went 5-7. and seven. So That's my good point. luck. Good luck, Michigan State. We'll see how this works out for I you. I didn't think he was worth this. I understand that it's hard to hire someone at that time. Yeah. But him? <laughs> him? I don't know, man. Shaka Smart. Yeah. Okay. Th- okay. It's funny you bring him up because I'll admit that I, I'm i shocked at how underwhelming he's been at Texas. I really thought he was the kind of guy, as much as he did at VCU, that I thought could go to any school in the country and, and just connect with players. And he's recruited well, but it's just like yeah. I don't understand – what has changed? I've come to believe uh, that he literally doesn't understand basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed at Texas. Uh, yeah, well, and that's the other side is the distractions of that Longhorn Network put them in a precarious situation in all sports. It's just too much. It's too much to put on a head coach. That you got to do this show, that show, all this stuff. And I don't think Shock is a good coach. Their facility, which I understand they're going to build a new one, sucks. Um, it's awful. See, I thought he—I I thought he was a good coach personally, and I, that's why. Cause see, I thought when he had this, when he when he took the te- Texas job, you guys might remember he he had an offer for UCLA and turned it down, and then ended up going to Texas. And right. Then UCLA hired Steve Alford, who I think is awful and shouldn't be coaching. But I I know this about Shaka. He waited for the deal that he could retire with, and he got it. Hmm. Texas paid him really well. 
And he's now set up because I suspect Shaka knew he was fooling people. Hmm. The, all that all I need to know is he played a brand of basketball at VCU that worked. He ran. He pressed. It was like chaotic. Yep. Got a bunch of athletes. He goes to Texas. Doesn't play that. That tells me he's just listening to someone else on the bench. This is what we need to do. Just imagine if Greg Marshall was at Texas. I mean, I think Greg Marshall's great, too. I don't want to imagine that. I want to sleep tonight. <laughs> just saying. I don't think he's ever going to leave Wichita State. No. He's now got, form. like, you know, he, he can make – he's basically got them – I mean, not at the exact same level, but they're kind of like the Gonzaga of the, of the Midwest in terms of – I mean, why does he need to leave? I mean, there, there's really – He gets everything he wants. Yeah. They don't have football. He's the mayor. I mean, that too. Like, it's like Gene Stevenson was. You don't know who Gene Stevenson is. I'm sorry. Well, that, you definitely, definitely don't not. know who Gene <laughs> well, wait, Stevenson is. is that the, um, My point in bringing up Greg Marshall is – how he coaches the game, and the type of blue-collar dudes that he gets. Texas is the furthest thing from blue-collar in the world. That's why they don't succeed in football, baseball, basketball currently. Which might be exactly why he wouldn't succeed at Texas. They would force him to go recruit yeah. the yeah. kids that they've been getting. Oh, you can't win with those kids. Well, but all I was getting at is that I think there is something to be said for, you know, why go be the caretaker for someone else's program when you can be, you know, you can be the the John Wooden or whatever of your school. Like, why would you leave to go then deal with the crap you have to deal with at a Kentucky or Duke or Carolina or whatever, you know? I agree. This and, again, that's what Mark Fuse figured out. I mean, he's never going to leave Gonzaga now, no. unless he goes to the NBA. Speaking oh, of that. That's a worse jump. Wait. But speaking of that, could you guys believe this? I mean, and I, and I knew when he did it, I thought it was a bad, a bad decision. John Bayline took the Oh, my day. gosh. Terrible Man, he should have never left. What about Terrible. Butler uh, Stevens? He's done Stevens. well. I'm surprised he's done well. But I think the difference between him is he's much younger. Yeah. Beeline went in there with, like, I'm going to coach these pros like college kids, and that is not going to happen. Whereas I think Stevens is kind of like, he's got like that Mayor Pete personality where he's like, hey, kids, what do whatever you want. And he just laid back. Mayor Pete. Yeah. He kind of looks like him, too. Okay. Put, put images beside each other, and they kind of look like each other. Young Ryan, thanks for sitting in with us. This has been the PowerCat Insiders Podcast, sponsored by Commerce Bank. Take all your money there and give it to Matt. You've been listening to the PowerCat Insiders Podcast, presented by Commerce Bank. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. The hit Paramount Plus original docuseries returns. The last time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing, and then everything changed in a blink of an eye. My feeling as a detective is that he was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine-chilling docuseries, showcasing real-life tragedies. What about with your child who went missing? We need to know the truth. Never seen again. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.